But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back. This is the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. The 9 by 9 episode 72. Today is Monday, June 19th. Uh, it is our one day off every week from VNL matches. So we're going to take this Monday to talk about some volleyball. Uh, my name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Happy delayed Father's Day, boys and girls, <laughs> to all of our daddies everywhere, especially daddy, especially, especially this daddy. Is he an actual daddy? daddy? I, I sure hope so. Do we? Do, does he have kids? I really hope this man is procreating. I, I uh, really, I, I really, really do. The world like, will be a better place if there are uh, there's more of Dragan Stankovic's genetics walking around. But uh, happy Father's I'm, Day to you all. I'm sure they come out with a full head of hair. Right, you know, like they just come, they, they're slicked back. We don't know where they got the gel from, um, but you know, they, they, they've got it rocking from, from the get go. I was messaging Rob about Father's Day yesterday, and because he is married, I was like, When are you going to be a daddy? and he's like, I already am a daddy, and turned to my girlfriend, I was like, He's going to send a picture of Pepper, and sure enough, <laughs> moments later, he sent a picture of his cat. So, yep. we know, we know where Rob, Rob sits on, on Father's Day, also, Rob. I'm disappointed to say that we went through another VNL in Ottawa and we didn't get a clip to replace that damn Brett Walsh clip. That's, <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We need we need to upgrade from this, please. I cringe so much every time I hear it. it not going to happen. It, Sorry, it, buddy. It hurts, me. it hurts my soul. Sorry. Um, uh, I mean, every just, time I see it, I'm looking at the man bun that's no longer there instead of worrying about thank, your, your stuttering. Thank God, right? Like, thank god there's there's so many things that have gotten better i mean people have started making me fun of my for, of me for my fatness and then we started a salad count when we were in ottawa but <laughs> hey. yeah well, what a, what a couple of weeks our community has had eh? we've got a message in the chat uh daddy stankovic does in fact have kids one of them is a mopper at lube games that is wonderful news oh so, that's uh, awesome yeah that's wait great. at lube games i mean probably when he played for lube maybe now it's at modena games but uh yeah. anyway yeah, I, fair Good to see that Daddy Stankovic has has uh, done us all some favors. We do yeah. love Daddy Stankovic, but um, before we talk about some volleyball and before we, uh, we, we, I mean, we will certainly talk more about Daddy Stankovic later on in the show, as we always do. Unfortunately, we have some really sad news to report. Uh, this this uh, this news came out just the other day from Brazil uh, with the VNL women's leg going on in Brasilia. We had the sudden, unexpected passing of Argentinian referee Hernan Casamiquela, who passed away at age 58 while working as the challenge referee in Brazil. And just, just really tough news. Totally unexpected, obviously, only 58 years of age, and he'd had a lot of impact on volleyball in Argentina, in South America, and globally. So we wanted to extend our condolences to the Argentinian volleyball family and uh, ask Aaron and Casamichela to rest in peace and thank him for his service to volleyball this week. Yeah, one of the the top referees in Argentina. He also read, I believe it was the women's final in, in Tokyo. Uh, just just a few years ago, so he was one of the top referees. Um, I've seen him at a, a number of different events, um, so it's always tough to to feel that loss. And I mean, I know we get mad at the referees sometimes. I know they're sometimes the direction of our ire, but really they're part of our our overall volleyball family. And I know that there's referees are, are around the world who are 
grieving this today. So obviously we want to send our thoughts to him. But um, moving on from that, other than the sad passing of Mr. Casamichela, there was a lot of volleyball going on this week in Brazil. There was. This was... Honestly, this this week was was fantastic. I thought there was action all over the place. We had tons of surprise results. Uh, Rob brought, drew up this fantastic graphic, just breaking it down of what everyone's records was, and and Italy maybe getting the benefit of the schedule there mm-hmm. uh, a little bit going four and zero, but they go perfect. Whereas everyone else, we have no more perfect teams in the VNL. Down goes Poland. Down goes USA, but down at the bottom there, Thailand and Bulgaria fighting away uh, for that relegation spot. And Croatia, we thought they were dead in the water. They go two and two. They come back. And, of course, My Lady Maple Volleys, I think, struggled a little bit this week. It, 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 it wasn't pretty for our, for our girls at, at times, and it was a bit of a tough watch, especially for what time it was at most of the time. That is true, and we'll, we'll certainly talk about all these games. Yeah, so the last show we did was like midday Thursday, so I think we had already talked about the the Thursday's games in Hong Kong, but we hadn't yet seen Thursday's games in Brazil on the women's side, and we're going to get into all of it, but yeah, I, I would like to echo a couple of those storylines. Italy 4-0 was a pleasant surprise, especially considering they sent out the same like not great looking B team that we saw week one, but I agree. I think they got the benefit of a really nice schedule. Uh, they beat Bul- they, they three dong Bulgaria, but then their other three wins were all in five. So they, they helped themselves out in the win column, but not quite so much in the points column. And then, yeah, Croatia out of literally nowhere. I mean, we could have picked that they were going to get the win over Korea. That was one of their two wins this week. And I mean, we can talk about Korea later, how just embarrassing they continue to be, but we need, we need, we need a, a Korea like embarrassment count. That's what they, they've lost 20 VNL games in a row. Exactly. Yeah, I 20. saw in our, in our show notes that you put that there, and that's that's just unacceptable. How many does it does it include when you count FIVB? Because they, they must have gone over at World Champ last year, right? Like, when's the last time they won a meaningful FIVB match? Don't know, don't care. It's 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 embarrassing. I'm sick of watching them play. But uh, also Thailand, really bad week. They got three donged by Croatia. That is not good. Uh, Bulgaria, really bad week. Um, so the relegation race is going to be interesting. And we'll, and we'll look at the women's standings um, after eight of the 12 matches. But I think let's dig into some of the results, Everett. We're just going to go through day by day. Yeah. We're, cer- we're certainly not going to talk about every match because yeah, not we, let's just five- let's just. Let's just skip through them. Otherwise, yeah, by, we're going to by no means are every one of these matches worth talking about in any way. But we'll start off with Thursday. We already talked about the first three games. Uh, those already happened. We talked about them on the last show. But on Thursday afternoon in Brazil, the United States three-dong Thailand, Japan three-dong Korea. No surprises in either one of those. But Brazil versus Serbia was a banger. Uh, Brazil versus Serbia. Brazil wins it in five at home to avenge last year's world championship final. Uh, I think that match is worth talking about a little bit, even though both teams yeah, are a little th- bit understaffed. I think that one is the, the only one that's that's worth it. I think one of my present surprises and like good storylines from this week was the resurgence of Serbia. Yeah, definitely. they went three and one. They got back in into the win, win column, and that one loss was a really really good effort against a good Brazilian team at home. So I think you know I I, I think Guidetti and that Serbian roster really has to be looking at things a little bit better than they were. Uh, two weeks ago, after week one, when when they went zero and four, um, finishing finishing things off. But yeah, I mean, it looks like Brazil was just nice and even in this. You had four or five different athletes all in double digits, and they really shared the rock 
quite a bit. Kissy leading the way, or sorry, Taysa leading the way with 18. Kissy coming up with 16 as well. Yeah, 18 for a middle is a big performance. It's good to see Taysa back. Yeah, eight for 14. Is that no way? This can't be right. Nine blocks? That cannot be right. Nine. Well, Nine blocks yeah. in one match is, is uh, has to be the highest of the tournament, and that that number probably won't be touched. Nine blocks, yeah, men is or insane. men or women, men that's or women, crazy. That that's absolute bonkers. She also went eight for fourteen, uh, and got an ace. Did did Taisa on the other side of the net? Uzalac still led um, Serbia in scoring, even though she only started the first two sets and then only came off the bench in, in sets four and five, didn't touch the court at all uh, in the third. How much volume do you need to be getting in two sets to have 40 sets and going 16 for 40 and still leading your team, uh, even though you didn't play uh, every single set? That's that's a little crazy, especially when they since they brought in um, Busa. Um, or no, was it? Oh no! They just straight up. They just just straight up did a double sub. Yeah, I think they they really used all Serbia used all four of their outside hitters. Like uh, yeah. Lazovic started, Busha came in, um, Uzalac started, and Lozo came in. But yeah. um, for Serbia, the, the fact that they even pushed us to five with their opposite Ana Bulica having a one of the worst matches I've ever seen from her. Five for twenty nine with ten errors, and she Mine didn't get 17. the yank. Like, how do you continue to start her all five sets when she's playing that badly? But uh, I mean, would I guess they, I guess they got a point trying, out of it. But Eddie's trying a different approach. You know, he's trying that soft approach. Um, so yeah, I'm not entirely it's sure. Very ungadetti like. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why you're pulling off Uzalach, um, in in that scenario too, because like it wasn't like she was even getting, like, it, yeah, it's it's a little crazy out there. Um, do they have Uzalach on the left side? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, she's, she's barely passing. That's true. She kind of is. I wonder what they're doing with uh, sh- shifting people over. I mean, yeah, busha has got a million attempts. I mean, maybe she's just getting relentlessly targeted every time she's in there. Yeah, it's, it's just some interesting stuff. I think if these two were to play again, like in the playoffs with maybe Tiana Boscovich in the picture, maybe you get Dercha back at setter, then maybe you get Gabi. Um, you're not going to get Ana Cristina, and I think that is worth talking about, that Ana Cristina had – uh, a minor surgery. She's going to be out for two to three months. So no Ooh. more, no more VNL for Ana Cristina and uh, Olympic qualifiers is going to be pushing it. So uh, the Brazilian outside hitter position right now is definitely a question mark. And we've got a good, good point in the chat. Yeah. Julia Bergman, not good at all. Oh, for 14 with six errors. Like they got to get Gabby back as soon as possible. Now with Ana, Ana Cristina's absence, or they're going to, uh, they're going to have a pretty low ceiling on what they can do this summer. Yeah, absolutely. But not only this summer, I'm looking more at the 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 Olympic qualifiers because yeah. Brazil's one of those teams that's always expected to qualify. They're always expected to win. They're always expected to be in that top group. Um, so I'm wondering who's going to be able to to pick up. I can't even remember what pool they are they're in at the moment. That's that's a conversation for another time. Uh, probably at, after the end of the VNL, once we once we actually see what this Brazilian squad looks like. But this is not a good look so far um, for this Brazilian team. They're going to want to continue one of the top teams in the world yeah especially playing at home i was expecting a little bit more uh we did see rosa maria later in the week play really well and we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah on the wings without i mean it really just kind of shows how important gabby guimaraes really is and how just unbelievable she is in attack and reception and just like just every single area so uh, kind of a slugfest between um two underman normally world-class teams good for brazil getting it done uh, that was Serbia's only loss of the week. Uh, I think let's move on to Friday's games. 
Yep. Unfortunately, started yep. off with uh, the maple, the female maple volleys getting three donged by a Turkish team that looks extremely good. Not only does this Turkish team look really good, but Melissa Vargas is looking legitimately like the best player in the world at this moment. Right, right, right in this moment, she is just absolutely unreal. We're going to talk about her unreal performance against the Dominican Republic on Sunday. But this one was a tough one to, for, to watch. And I remember I got home from work, um, and it was the, the game was at like 1.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. And I got home from work, and it was uh, 10.8 or 11.8 for for turkey and so i was like okay canada's in it turn it on immediately brie king serves an ace i was like beautiful 11 9 next serve overpass let's go like like let's let's push this we can we can make it 11 10 get get in there unfortunately on the overpass canada hit it out and it goes from being 11 9 to 21 12 and it was just a complete unraveling. And it's those little points that I think we need to get better at because the exact same thing happened in the third set where Canada was actually leading 11-8 and then there was a bad error and then all of a sudden, Turkey came storming back. I mean, this one was, what was it, Rob? 15, 22, and 20 Correct. Uh, for, for Canada in this one. Even the 22 in that second set that looks like, oh, Canada was in it. We weren't really because we were down 20. Uh, 20 to 12 in in that second set as well um so it's 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 a little bit of that inexperience for me where we're losing those crucial battles earlier in the sets and then just unraveling after that i mean turkey is a very very good team and they are kind of a bit on a heater especially now with one of the best coaches in the world behind their bench but was expecting a little bit more fight a little bit more pushback from this uh, from this Canadian team, especially given how many of our girls play in Turkey, right? Kira Van Wright plays in Turkey. Alexa Gray is on, on her way to play. Maggie plays in Turkey. Kind of the list goes goes on and on. So, bit of a bit of a disappointing result. Not an unexpected result, but would have looked just as to have seen seen us take at least one set. And I know in the past we've pushed Turkey pretty hard, so maybe even pushed them to five, steal a point. But yeah, that's how I feel sometimes. Canada, I think, is really feeling Jen Cross's absence right about now. The, 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 second, the second middle blocker position has not been good at all. I don't know why we didn't see Lane Ben Buskirk in this game, but uh, Jazz White, Alicia Ogham's both not good at all. Uh, no. I know Kira Van Rijk is working her way back into things, and I think that of all teams that can scout against her well, it would be Turkey, but she wasn't very good. Nine for 27 with six errors. That I, I agree that these the, t- Turkey and Canada on the women's side are on different levels right now, but Canada did, did beat Turkey at VNL last year. This is a, a game that I agree with you. I would like to see the, the maturity level of Canada increase in general and the just like sort of emotional intelligence in different situations like you know leading 11-8 down 11-8 not to give up that gigantic run that followed in both of those two sets like you yeah. talked about that that sort of thing is something i'd like to see them fix you mentioned jen cross and as much as physically i think they're missing her in the middle um i think it's more so her experience and Absolutely. her leadership on, on this team like she is the only cornerstone of the old old guard she's been on in, in this program for 12 plus years like she's been around she's seen a lot of different versions of canadian women's volleyball and she has a lot of experience to pull to you know even going back to her michigan dates days where they they push all the way to a final four um 
you can tell like right now Alexa Gray is wearing the bar and I think that makes a lot of sense but Alexa Gray isn't a very vocal leader right she's not a very like rah-rah person like Jen Cross um is consistently talking for better or for worse and Jen Jen's a good good friend of mine and and and, and she knows that but uh it's you're really seeing those 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 leadership situations kind of pull away and they really need to find someone who's going to be vocal and kind of bring them together on the court i was really hoping brie king would be that person but it's not really quite there yet so i don't know if it's a skill thing that canada's struggling as much or it's more so of, of a leadership thing right now and they're they, they they look a little bit lost especially in those big droughts of points sometimes and they need someone just to kind of to put the team on their back whether it like like a little bit emotionally and and push them forward i completely agree with that I, I don't think it is a skill problem i think canada is skilled enough especially on the wings but the yeah that, that emotional leadership looks a little bit lacking right now uh, on the turkey side before we move on melissa vargas terrific 14 for 27 um, she legitimately, she's definitely been the best player in VNL so far. I don't even, I don't even think that's close. But uh, she is making a case to is really be in that conversation for straight up best player in the world. And we also saw Abra Karakert on the left, who played pretty well, twelve for nineteen, thirty-seven percent efficiency, passed the ball decently, fifty-seven uh, percent positive. Uh, that is a good sign because the other outside hitter position for Turkey not good. Uh, Ilkin Aydin, not good. Hande Baladin off the bench, really bad. So uh, that hole continues for the Turkish women, and maybe they've filled it with Karakert, but they've still got to get somebody out there uh, across from her to uh, not be a total black hole out there. So we'll yeah, talk about I mean, Turkey, especially in the Dominican match, like you mentioned. But when you have Melissa Vargas, who, again, has been the best player in VNL, Oh, she's leading VNL in scoring right now, 162 points uh, through through the first two weeks. She's she's been unreal. Also leading VNL in aces too with with 14. Not so surprising. She, she, she has two just... in this game and no errors, no service errors. That's amazing. That's that's the biggest thing about her game. When I watch, like she puts the ball in with pace consistently. Like she's putting in. She knows how to put in an 80 percent ball 100 percent of the time. Which is which is really really good and 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 really really good skilled. Like, I think we've been sleeping on her a little bit in past few years just because she doesn't play, um, you know, um, international ball and in clubs she plays a lot of her years in 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 uh, China. But man, does does she look good right now? All right, moving on from this uh, <laughs> this loss. The next one that I think we need to touch on is the Netherlands team that we had kind of written off as a rebuilding team through this VNL ending Poland's uh, unbeaten streak, handing them their first loss and their only loss so far of the tournament. Out of literally nowhere, too. No, like, like yeah, out of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, Poland's first loss. The Netherlands, I think, were just kind of unconscious in this match. 45% efficiency as a team is insane. I mean, Daldorop, 44%. Julian Nolam, a 41%. Like, they didn't even need Celeste Plock. Like, this was this, this was a banger. Let's see, who played opposite for him? Um, Elis Dombrink, who I've never heard of, 6 for 19. Like, perfectly fine performance. They um, passed the ball great. Blocked the ball pretty well. Just, like, kind of out of nowhere. Netherlands looked unbelievable, and Poland just looked a little bit sleepy. I know they had a tricky schedule where they had a bunch of matches in a row. Um, Poland, statistically not bad. Uh, other than reception, they weren't they weren't super good. But on offense, Poland was fine. I just think they kind of had an off match, and they certainly rebounded the following day, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I think they had Turkey and Netherlands, China in three days in a row. That's a lot of volleyball against pretty good teams, and 
it's not that crazy to think that you fall asleep against the Netherlands who kind of have been an, an afterthought this tournament. And the Dutch got hot and they grabbed a three dong win, like very impressive, came out of nowhere. But I don't think there's any concern on the Polish side. Just you lost no. to a team playing great that day. Yeah, especially like when you look at it, I guess they were playing. They no, they were playing their guys. Like Rosansky was out there. Kornaluk was was out there. Stiziak, Stiziak was playing. So, yeah, I think they were all tr- pretty good. That's the thing. Yeah. Stiziak, fifteen for twenty nine, forty five percent efficiency. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Like that's that, that's not terrible. Even like thirty seven percent efficiency. It's not fantastic. It's As not team, great, yeah. but it 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 would almost. I would expect Poland to be able to win a match with that. So. Um, big ups there for for the Dutch. I mean, that's probably going to be one of the few bright spots uh, in their tournament this year. Yeah, I got a point in the chat saying that Britt Bongard's had an awesome setting performance for the Netherlands, and I believe it. Uh, if, if, if your team hits 45% efficiency, you got to give the setter a ton of credit, so good for her. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What else What else uh, happened on uh, Saturday? We're, we're talking about Saturday right now? Yeah, we're, what else talking we're talking about Friday, and uh, oh. I mean, it's worth talking about China beating Bulgaria in four only because of the set scores. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to look at the stats of this match. Not worth it. Bulgaria is bad, but Bulgaria won the first set 25-20. After that, oh my god! Yeah. I just saw the set score. <laughs> That's terrible. 25-7, embarrassing. That's like it It's like kick a garbage can level embarrassing. Seven followed by ten. What are we doing? That, yeah, I don't even. I don't even want to look at those set scores because that just <laughs> gross. That's absolutely embarrassing. Um, there for Bulgaria as those two. Oh, I mean, China is good, and I know because they slapped Canada around um, this week. But Bulgaria, you need to be better. You need to be better than that. I, 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 yeah, Ugh. that's. That's absolutely that's absolutely disgusting. Uh, the next one to to look at. There was a lot of, of big games today. Um, Germany over Japan in five. Yeah, Germany had a great week. Uh, three yeah, and one, they, if I'm not mistaken. And they, they really uh, did. Couple big and, wins. Their only loss was to Brazil on the road, and uh, beating a Japanese team that had been previously really good uh, is, re- I mean, very impressive. Uh, Hannah Orthman really good. Uh, Lena Allsmeyer, Lena Stegro, both pretty good. Uh, great in the middle uh, on both sides. To, uh, to me, to me, this was truly like this is Heinen at his best right now, right? Because Japan is a team that they need to be very efficient. They need to to not make a lot of errors. And I mean, they were only at twenty nine percent efficiency. That's a low efficiency as a team for for very. for for a team like, like Japan. Twelve and blocks then, for Germany. Yeah, exactly. Twelve blocks for Germany. So once again, we've talked about it. Heinen isn't a clown when he's with like a kind of an underachieving team. Like this is a, a brick and mortar type of team. You set up a system. You set up a structure. You were around. It. And you're, they're going to get results. And hey, you're seeing it right now for Germany. And they, I think they've also got some talent, especially on the pins with Siegbert, Osmeyer, and of course Orthman. They've, they've got some good things going on. And this win against Japan here really proves it. It is interesting that Germany's moving around which of those three characters starts at opposite. I think they are yeah. running a sort of a three outside hitter system thing. It's usually been Orthman at like pretty true opposite. She doesn't pass very much. But they did switch that up in the third set. Uh, they moved, I think looks like Allsmeyer to opposite 
and Orthman to the left and just sort of move things around to give a bit of a different look. And all three of those players are much better attacking on the left. Uh, that's kind of interesting. And yeah, on Japan's side, I agree. I think they, um, they got scouted against pretty well. 12 blocks is a lot. And uh, Germany... Especially- Especially yeah. against an offense like Japan, exactly. Like they've, got, they've got so many options, and they can they spread it out so well. If you're able to clamp uh, twelve locks, I know it's over over uh, over five sets, but you're still averaging like what, like two and a two and a quarter blocks a set. That's still pretty. That's yeah, it's a lot good. That that that's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then finally to wrap up this week here, Rob, two teams in going in very different directions here in week two: Serbia three two over Thailand. Yeah, because we're obviously not going to talk about Croatia beating Korea. Don't don't bother. Serbia beating Thailand. Yeah, okay, great. But given how bad Thailand was this week, they did go 0-4. Serbia having to reverse sweep this game is actually, I would say, a bad sign for them. I mean, they they went down 0-2, 26-24, 25-22. Then they they destroyed the the sets 3 and 4, then won uh, one set 5 in overtime, 16-14. I'm a little worried about Serbia, to be honest. You, you shouldn't have to rescue rescue this match like that against a Thai team that had a really bad week. Mm, yes, no. I mean, I, I can see that, but I mean, I think Thailand is also like is a valid is a is a good team. Serbia is a t- team that's still going through it. Like once again, they lost to Canada last week. Like they went one four. I, I think this is actually a good win, and I think that this is a win that, that at the end of the day they feel good about, right? Good teams win when things aren't going well, and That's clearly true. things weren't things weren't going well for at least two sets. And even in even in, in those two, you know, it was twenty six, twenty four, twenty five, twenty two. So they were pretty close in terms of set score uh, and and competition. So um, you really like to see that still twenty eight percent efficiency uh, for for Serbia in this one only to be outdone by 19% efficiency offensively as a team there for Thailand. Uh, that is bad. Um, <laughs> so this, this just looked like it was an ugly volleyball um, all together, all around. But uh, yeah, a lot, lots of errors and, and lots of blocks on both sides of the court for, for both these teams. Whoa. But... It was Thailand led 14-11 in the fifth. Oh, no. That's, oh. that's okay. That is a big old choke and i think that kind of proves my point oh yeah sure enough 14 to 11 how do you give up 14 to 11 oh that's so bad that's see, see this is this is where i feel like i feel like serbia feels good about this one if oh, they can, stole it they absolutely they stole absolutely it. absolutely stole it um gross five to nothing run that uh yeah Thailand looks like the, Thailand's probably not feeling themselves. That, that, that probably basically emotionally ended their tournament right there. If you, if you go up 14 to 11 and lose in the fifth like that, I don't know how you recover from that. It definitely emotionally ended their week one or week two. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they, they were, they were not able to, to recover from that. Not, they got three dong by Croatia after that. All right. Uh, moving right along. Let's talk about Saturday. Um, unfortunately, Everett, this is a big match for the Maple Volleys against the oh, Dominican buddy. Republic. And it buddy, did buddy. not, go your way 15 to 10 started really good yeah it started like that first set we were rolling i forget what the set scores were uh again 25 22 but then you got clapped in sets two and three 13 yeah we and fought back nicely in the fourth i thought we showed some good character to kind of fight back in the fourth there's times where we were we were down to we were able to push a fifth it was good to see but just not enough um 
in in the fifth, and you're going back to that conversation, Rob, about Jen Cross. I think we win this game with Jen Cross on the bench. I think you do too. Mostly because I know how much it means to Jen to beat the Dominican Republic and and to be better than the, the, those North Seacan neighbors. Um, but the Dominican is they're just so high powered. Twenty points for Pena, um, 17 for Braylon Martinez, 18 for Janiri Martinez, um, 17 for Lopez. They've just got such a high-powered offense. You've got four offensive uh, players all in double digits for kills. Like, it's really, really hard to play against that. And if you do, you need to come up with some strong serving and some good blocking. And I think we blocked decently with nine nine stuffs, uh, six three for Hillary Howe. She's had she might have been our best blocker so far this tournament. She had another big one. Oh, like a, um, another straight down highlight reel. Oh, uh, like another straight down Kong block that was absolutely massive. But speaking um, of blocks, 20, 20. 20 blocks the Dominican Republic. That is unacceptable if you're Canada. Our four blocks per set. Our offense has just been so predictable, like so predictable. Um, it's been really tough to watch at times where it, it's just like everyone knows where it's going. We're really not doing anything much with the middles. Um, yeah, like how many how many sets did our, did our middles? Like Alicia Ogham started three sets and she got set once. That's not acceptable. And, and, and got blocked. Uh, Van Buskirk started the second set. Got subbed in, she got five sets. Oh, Jasmine and White three errors. <laughs> like that's just like, not good enough. Mag- Maglio's the only one getting set, and she was she went nine for nine for sixteen. So that that M two position has just really been a black hole for Canada. Uh, and I was hoping that Lane Van Buskirk would step up um, and really help fill that role. Same thing with Jasmine White. I know that she's been having some success in the Bundesliga the past few years. Van, Van Buskirk just signed with Busto. Just a tough look there for Canada. We did get the, the win out of it. So even though we lost to the Dominican Republic, we do sit ahead of them in standings that we have 10 points, they have seven. But still, tough, tough week for Canada going one and three. I mean, blocked 20 times and 19 unforced errors. Those are bad, bad numbers. And you still won two sets out of this match. So maybe that's a silver lining, but... That, that level of volleyball is not good, and it's got to get no. better. Uh, we do have to shout out Brenda Castillo, as the chat is saying. She is the best. I love watching her play defense. She is a total, total X factor for the Dominican Republic, and there's no way they win this match without her. Yeah, Agatha saying that uh, too many service errors for Canada in crucial moments, and I absolutely agree. Right, it's these it's these crucial moments, and like Mental. Rob, you know, you've you've played where like there's these junctures in the match early on, like early on in sets, where you're like, this is a big point. You can feel it, like you can feel that energy coming up, and Canada seems to to get crushed in those ones. So, I think it's still that that growing pains of trying to learn to be an elite team, you know, and we're 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 clearly still not there yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, moving on, I think Italy. Italy beating the Netherlands in five with Italy's B team. Good for them. One of their three five-set wins on the week. Uh, this was the rare good Miriam Silla game. 26 points. And, hey, uh, they, they happened like every few months. Like once happened. a month, I'd say. <laughs> happened a couple times a year, maybe. Um, but I also want to talk about Poland beating China 3-0. to zero. This was a match that we billed last, on, on our last show as potentially a huge one. Two teams that came into week two undefeated. And it was a three-dong. 20-23-22. Great performance from Poland. 41% efficiency as a team. 
and unbelievable in the middle. Six for seven, corner Luke, five for seven, Juracic, no errors. Uh, and then Wukasik was good, Stisiak was good, and uh, Rosansky was acceptable. Uh, really impressive from Poland rebounding from the loss the Dutch did before. Yeah, it's clear where the focus was, and it was on this this China match. Yep, three Dong China, I think, is a really really tough ask, in especially with China in in Hong Kong. What like over ten thousand people there in attendance? Absolutely massive. But when Poland executes like this, forty one percent efficiency, especially how efficient their middles were. Like Kornaluk was eighty six percent, Jurczyk seventy one percent. Neither of them made any errors. When Poland is executing like this, they're a really, really hard team to beat. I think this team, it's it's interesting because I think that Poland's rise in women's volleyball is a little bit more recent than Turkey's. But right now, I wrote I rate Poland higher higher than Turkey. Sure, they do have a better player in Melissa Varga over on the Turkey side of things. But Poland, how they work as a team right now is is really chef's kiss. It's, it's really nice volleyball to watch. Yeah, and you're like, and then you're, they're just gonna get the best setter in the world back sooner or later, which will certainly exactly. help. I, exactly. I do think Poland is more well-rounded top to bottom than Turkey. I definitely agree with Absolutely. that. That's that's what, what I'm getting at. And Magnolia Stiziak is being just unleashed after kind of being – this happens every year. She plays club in Italy. They pick up another opposite. She sees limited playing time. And then she goes bananas once it, once it comes uh, in national season. So, hey, you got to love good, it. Good for her. Uh, let's move on. Brazil versus Germany. Not really anything to talk about here. Heinen's strategy was to kind of play the bench for Germany in this game. And I agree with this. Uh, I, I think it worked out really well for them going three and one on the week to punt. This game is, uh, I definitely think there's no problem, but I do think we should talk about Japan versus the USA. Uh, yeah, our first, our first loss. And, uh, the, the, there's, I, I, I have, I have a question to ask <laughs> yeah. on this. Who the hell is Yukiko Wada? Who the hell is Yukiko Wada? Now, I know we're going to have some Japanese fans in the chat being like, she plays for this team, and she did this, and this is fantastic. She's good obviously very, very good. 32 points. She was 28 for, for 52 in this one. But honestly, who is Yukiko Wada? Because she just handed you guys your first loss of, of the tournament. I know you played your bench, uh, we, clearly. We kind of both did. I think yeah, both teams played the bench. Like no Seki at the very least. I, I don't I don't exact I don't know very much about the Japanese middles, but um yeah, Wada out of nowhere, so no Inoue. Twenty eight for fifty two is ridiculous. It's that's it ridiculous. Just, that's you it just is a testament to the depth of the Japanese team that Inoue has been lights out this tournament. She's been oh, she's fantastic. Been awesome. She's been fun to watch. And then they just pull out this Yukiko Wada character out of nowhere, and she's <laughs> going to go drop 32 points. The first, we're pretty sure it's the thir- thir- first 30 point performance for a, a woman in this event. Only second to Herrera's uh, 30 point performance against Brazil uh, in in Ottawa that that we that we got to witness. So big ups to Yukiko Wada. Somebody, someone in, in the chat needs to drop us some some knowledge on her because not neither of us know who she is. Nope, never heard of her, but yeah, she put on a masterclass. And I mean, this this is okay for the USA. We we uh, we started Ashley Evans and Danielle Catino, a Purdue duo. I love both of those girls at setter and opposite. They were fine. Um, uh, Catino actually better than I expected. 17 for 48. She's usually pretty error prone. That's actually a decent match for her. Um, Kalia Lanier has been really good. 15 for 33 in this match. She's been awesome all week. Finally, uh, I have been talking about her. I've been talking about her in the club season. Everybody on the 
on the various American message boards have been like, get this girl in the national team, Jim. And she has been awesome. This VNL so far losing to Japan in five, whatever we, we, we played the B team. Wanted to give a couple people some rest. We still got a point out of it. I have absolutely no concerns. Just got to give a round of applause to you. Kiko Wada for pulling out a masterclass out of nowhere. She's a 2002. Whoa. 2001. She's 21 years old. That's uh, pretty damn good. Only 174 centimeters too. So she is small, small over on that right side. And yeah, playing she, something that resembles the opposite position. That's, yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, um, she graduated high school in 2020. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> that is crazy. Um, last but not least on what is this Saturday? Serbia beat Croatia, the Battle of the Balkans. Why are you dropping a set to Croatia, Serbia? Figure it out. Hey, figure it out. I'm going to ask you the exact same question. Oh, yeah, we dropped a set to Croatia because we played our bench. We got smacked, and then we put the, 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 the horses in and figured it out. We did the same thing. So can't chirp, you can't chirp Serbia that I will chirp Serbia. Drop, I will chirp Serbia. A set to a team that you also I will uh, chirp Serbia. To. Moving on to Sunday, the Netherlands, three-dong Bulgaria. Yeah, great. Turkey, I beat the Dominican Republic three to one. I predicted a three-dong last week. Everett clowned on me. I was certainly closer to being right. Melissa Vargas was unbelievable. Unbelievable in this one. 58% efficiency. Two aces yeah, and a ball. 26, 26 for 38. 29 points. She was one point one away. One point away. <laughs> Yuki Kawada there in that 30-point club. Ooh, Gunesh um, had nine blocks. Okay, so we got another nine block performance. That's nuts. We that is nuts. Also, blocks. five for eight uh, offensively, too. But uh, I was expecting more from the Dominican Republic in this one. I won't lie I because I thought if, I, if, if, if anyone was able to handle uh, the power brought on by uh, Melissa Vargas, I thought it would be Dominican Republic because their team is just made up of players who are exactly like her. Um, but clearly, just not up to snuff offensively. I think if they had done better offensively, they would have been in this match. 17% efficiency. They oh, got you mean, you mean if they would have played better, maybe the result would have been better? Yeah, breaking news, dude. 17% I mean, efficiency is Oh, awful. I was going to say they, I was gonna say they passed all right, but they did not pass no. all right. Whereas Turkey ate up. Just ate them up in the service. Forty-two percent positive, or forty-two percent perfect, sixty-two percent positive. They were in system a lot. That is extremely good. A lot, yeah. Uh, Dean was actually not bad at this one. No, nine, yeah. nine for twenty-two. Good for her. She passed the ball well. Uh, enough said about that one. Um, Italy with yet another five-set win, beating China. Uh, that's at, a big one in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's one. massive. Fifteen to twelve Ch- in the fifth. China really not showing up for their home fans in this one. I mean, they're putting on shows with five setters, but just not getting the job done. Yeah, two and two on the week for the Chinese. I mean, looking at Italy's stats, I'm not really seeing much. Put in a lot of different people, nobody more than 15 points. Yeah, they they played pretty much everybody. Um, two opposites, at least three outside hitters, at least three middle blockers, just a rotating cast of characters for for Italy and China definitely slowing down a little bit. Uh Li Ying Ying 20 for 46, 26% efficiency is okay. Um past that, not much. Uh all around Chinese offense not great. Reception sh- uh decent leads uh, leads me to think that they maybe should have played better offensively. So I'm um, I don't know. Maybe China's getting scouted against. Maybe 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 their uh their blueprint is getting figured out a little bit by some of these teams. I wonder if Lin Yu Diao is just not that good. Oh, setter? Yeah. Possibly. 
because kind of we saw her. I don't know if I wouldn't say she did fantastically for Scandici this year. Um, uh, that's but, a different player, different player. Uh, D. Oh, really? is yeah, different, different Chinese setter. Yeah, Dao Lin Yu oh. is a different player. Okay, I'm my, my bad then. Um, but yeah, just because like you're seeing like the efficiencies of some of these hitters just not that great. Um, for for China, like uh, Gong Zhangyu, fourteen percent efficiency, only twelve for thirty six. Yeah, that's that not good seven, enough. Seven errors altogether. Um, that's a tough look. That that's a tough look. Yep, that's not quite good enough. So yeah, China definitely came back down to earth this week. Uh, the match I'm very excited to talk about is the United States three donging Brazil in Brasilia. And this is why I think playing a B team against Japan was a great idea. We have now beaten Brazil six times in a row. Six and oh in our last six against the Brazilian women. Why, 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 why do we feel that I don't care. You, would, you, you would punt all games just to beat Brazil? Because beating Brazil is awesome, especially in a true road game. Uh, I was thrilled about this. Khalil Lanier was awesome. 12 for 22, just just terrific. Jordan Thompson, similar, uh, 13 for 25, very, very good. Uh, she got, got our spot on the thumbnail of this show for good reason. I thought she was great this week. Good to see her back. Micah Hancock is having a great tournament. I love the offense she's been running. Um, but, but I, I mean, Khalil Lanier is a rising superstar, and I, I feel validated about talking so highly of her in the club season. And I saw somebody in the chat earlier say that she's going to play for Canaliano next year, which is pretty big. Oh, that's, big that's massive. Yeah, she she leads the USA in scoring so far uh, throughout two weeks. Eighty nine points. No one in triple digits uh, for the USA, but the, you can just see how many athletes are using. Yep. Eighty nine for Lanier, seventy eight for Skinner, fifty six for Drews, fifty two for Thompson, forty two for uh, O'Neill, forty four for Coutinho, and it still goes. The list goes on and on and on. Like you've got uh, basically everyone's being used. Right, which I love. Uh, essentially, uh, exactly. Looks so. like we have a Brazilian fan in the chat saying Brazil always seems scared to play against the U.S. And I, I kind of agree with that. I think for some reason we just own that matchup and kind of everybody knows it. So uh, I love it. I would like to keep it coming. I really enjoy beating Brazil a lot. Um, they shout us to the women for avenging the U.S. men in the last match in Ottawa. Yeah, our girls look really good. Uh, I'm stoked. I think the U.S. women look awesome. I would like to avoid a similar uh, first-round upset to last year's VNL, but uh, I really like the way the United States is playing right now. Yeah, so do I. Especially without, like, this is without horses, you know? Like, this is... Yeah, still no Kelsey Robinson, still no Lauren Carlini, still no... Let's see, who else have we been missing? Uh, still no Chaco Bogu. We haven't seen her at all in the middle. So, yeah, the Karch's roster management this tournament has been on point. It's It's worked out to a seven and one record and I would not have picked that given especially who we sent to week one. So uh we were in a great spot. Yeah. I mean you guys are currently sitting in second place. I mean that we can wrap it up there. We don't need to talk about Croatia three donging Thailand and or Germany being the only team to lose a set to Korea so far after a fantastic week. Um they definitely played the edge on that one. That's let's just go straight straight into standings there. We're gonna see Poland up at that number one spot because they have one more point over the USA. But then a nice little logjam there. Only three points separating USA from second to Japan down in seventh. Um, and then you see that middle of the pack with Italy, Serbia, and Canada, all with double digits. Um, the Dutch, Thailand, Dominican Republic, Croatia, Bulgaria, and Korea. Korea, 
We've got we've got to do something about this. We've got to do something about this. We've got to do something about Korea losing their last twenty you know, VNL matches you, and not. You know being what we're doing? For it. You know what we're doing, Rob? Is we're oh. giving them a VNL in the week next week. God, what are we doing? Volleyball, figure it out. This team is so bad. They're awful. Yeah, and I, so the, the, shout out to the Instagram account Volleyball Report. Go give them a follow. They do a great job covering women's volleyball, and they posted the graphic that Korea has lost their last twenty VNL matches. And I got in the comments. I'm like, we've got to do something about this. There has to be a consequence for being so bad that you lose twenty matches in a row. And some idiot commented underneath me saying, "Oh, have they have they been bad, or have they just been really unlucky with their schedule?" <laughs> You guys have won four sets in two years, like in a year and a half. There's no not being un- unlucky with your schedule. Thank That's you. just being bad. You're just, bad. Just, You're just bad, being. and you should feel bad about your performances. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And you're not going to get relegated. I, I just can't stand it. But yeah. uh, enough about Korea. Relegation race. Way spicier yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Croatia picking up two wins this week. They now they lead Bulgaria by a point, but also by a win. And those two have already played head-to-head. And I think that Bulgaria's only chance is if they play Korea week three. And I'm not sure if they do. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. Is, is Dominican Republic, they're not a core team, right? They're a challenger team? Yes, they are. Oh, they Bulgaria are does play Korea. Oh, boy. Ooh, Bulgaria does cool. play Korea uh, first match in Suwon in week three in, in about a week and a half. So. so, so sorry. Dominican Republic is a challenger team? Or... Yes, they are. There, so you have you have four of those challenger teams all sitting at the bottom right now with Bulgaria, Croatia, Dominican, and Thailand. That Thailand's is really core. I'm pretty sure. It, are they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Um, women's challenger teams: Bulgaria, Canada, Croatia, Dominican Republic, Poland. Yeah, Thailand is core. Poland. Okay. Poland, funny they're they're leading in it. They're yeah, still, right. Still, still a challenger team. Okay, but still, you still have those three teams. All sitting at the bottom there, um, which is which is uh, which is pretty nuts. Dominican really struggling there with three wins, but only seven points, uh, winning a lot of those in in five. It's going to come down to the wire. It, I, sure. I really, I think it really, really is going to come down to the wire with this with this relegation race. And and you're right. If Bulgaria plays Korea next week, that's that's a bit of a uh, of a gimme. Um, but do you want to talk about Canada and U.S.'s schedule a little bit for? Uh, next week um, in in two weeks we don't have to go over it too much but for the USA Poland Bulgaria Germany and China okay uh, yeah I like that schedule I've been Poland will be a tough match but Bulgaria uh, Germany beatable China be a good match um, we, we can get at least two wins out of that yeah but I, I mean I, I was looking at the standings I think that six wins I think that if if you want to make the playoffs I think you need at least six wins and already we have six teams that are at six wins. We've got those two five and three teams, those two three and five teams. I mean, if so, if you're a team like Canada or Serbia, you've got to go three and one week three, I think, to have a chance. Canada, luckily, um, next week is going to be a little tough. We have Croatia and the Netherlands, which should be both wins for us. Okay. Um, maybe they're not the Netherlands if they show up the way they did, but then Brazil and Italy, um, which will be uh, a little interesting as as well. So well, maybe Italy um, sends the B team yet again. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I I have a feeling I have a feeling they will. Um I have a feeling they but, will uh, not. No. 
No, I, I, I think they, they're really in a tenuous spot for the playoffs. I think they, if they have any interest of actually winning this tournament, they need to bring some better bodies week three. I, I think, think they if they had it. any interest in winning this tournament at all, they would have brought better bodies in week two. <laughs> right? Like They, they did go 4-0, and though, week two. It's hard to fault them when they're the only undefeated team in week two. Yeah, so I don't know. There's 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 some things there for sure, but I don't think I I don't think Italy cares much, right? Like we're not going to see Oro, we're not going to see Agonu, we're not going to see Pietrini. Like certainly haven't seen him yet. Haven't seen right, Bosetti, exactly. haven't I, seen Kirikella, haven't seen De Gennaro. Like yeah, it's exactly. Uh, yeah, haven't, I haven't I, seen I Antropova, which is a bummer. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see I was, about it. I was it. really hoping. I was really hoping to see Antropova, but I think that you either you either go with the B team for week one, and then go with others for for week two, um, or you just go B team all the way. That's 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 the way. That's the way I think. I think teams would be doing it. So well, we'll uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll have to see. Anything Ooh, else to yeah, mention here? Agata in the chat says Italy's sending the B team again week three. Um, if that's already confirmed, that's uh, you're you're right. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so, yeah, I think that's kind of it for for women's week two. I think that was nice little wrap up. Going to be spicy week three, but I think uh, before we shift our attention to the men. Couple things we got to talk about. One is that volleyball dot store. Everett, let the people know. Absolutely. If you guys want the beautiful spicy volleyball gear, which I'm trying to do it. Uh, that's I'm just messing that up there. Uh, head over to that volleyball dot store. Use the code spicy to get 15 percent off. Just a way to support us. You can get the nine by nine squared gear, nine by nine gear, spicy volleyball, all the fun stuff. So head over to that volleyball dot store. And of course, we have to talk about our favorite game here on the nine by nine where's daddy uh once again shout out to all the daddies in the world uh we should have brought up when you when you when we what we really should have done is clipped out that clip of uh taylor being like there's a lot of daddies on the court today um for when we were talking about uh, happy father's day <laughs> happy father's day um but where is daddy uh rob this is this is your game let him let him know i, I actually I, I actually know where it is today he showed me before before so i'm, I'm happy then, that. and i'm not going to tell you guys because remember uh, daddy stankovich is hidden somewhere in one of our assets here one of the graphics in the middle of the screen during this show i'm not going to tell you where he is but if you find daddy stankovich and you comment after the stream is over if you comment on the video the timestamp of where he is you get a shout out on next week's show so last week uh, you can see uh, the, the the Canadian women's team has hired a new coach on the right side of the screen there, and it's none other than Daddy Stankovic. <laughs> Poor Vincenzo. Poor Vincenzo just getting shafted. Um, hey, it is an honor, an honor to have your body used for Daddy Stankovic. So, uh, he- that's true. And Vincenzo, Vincenzo Malia is uh, Italian and has been in Canada now for a number of years, uh, going to school and, and, and working and, and stuff like that. So maybe he will see the honor having, you know, daddy have playing, he playing should, in his home he country. should be honored but uh our we have a, a first time winner for where's daddy last week john wow was the first okay. to, was the first to comment um yeah daddy stankovich pretending to be a member of the canadian coaching staff so hey we well done him. you nailed we'd, it we'd, we'd, we'd take him uh, uh, absolutely and it was it was a mad dash we have several people uh immediately commenting trying to find where daddy stankovich is so uh great job you guys so good thanks for, for your participation gracias por participar some might say um, but remember, find where Daddy Stankovic is. Maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he'll show up in the second half of the shows. We'll preview Men's Week 2 here in a minute. But uh, when you find Daddy, uh, 
comment the timestamp of where he is after the live stream is over in like the main YouTube comment section. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to Devin in the chat who's saying, you know, you have 100 plus 20 viewers. Actually, now we're now it's down to 136. We had like 144 a, a second ago, almost at 150. But we've only got 28 likes on this here stream, ladies. And Come gentlemen. on now. So please, please, if you're watching us, you at least find us a little bit entertaining, or, or you find us buffoons. But either way, uh, hit that like button. Give us some love. Um, it's a great way to to support us without spending any dollars or any energy whatsoever. Just double tap, double tap, click click that thumbs up and uh, get get us this likes as we move on now to week two for the men's vnl we've got two locations going down two european locations going down which is kind of nice but kind of not at the same time we've got all the games going on during the daytime but we have all the games going on during the daytime so they're simultaneously in the same, simultaneously so like tomorrow starting tomorrow we have two games at uh, 7 a.m eastern time two games at 10 at 10 30 and i feel like it's it's going to be like that uh the entire way one week going out in france and the other one going down in rotterdam uh netherlands my maple volleys are in france rob your team usa men's volleyball are in rotterdam um what ha ha, ha ooh, big stutter there uh thanks perhaps walsh um <laughs> how, how do we want to break this one down uh, I think which, can... which roster do you want to start with to talk uh about? we'll we'll kind of go down what we know i guess alphabetically is a good way to do it not every team is posted i mean the the u.s is is famous for literally never posting their roster until the very last minute however i think we do know what's going on there yeah so orleans we got japan canada argentina slovenia brazil bulgaria cuba and of course uh, the hosts france the defending champs then in rotterdam iran germany the u.s serbia china italy poland and the netherlands um let's i guess we can start with brazil's or no argentina argentina is the first alphabetical team on the men's side and their roster is identical with one very notable omission no Luciano DiCecco in week two. So it's going to be Sanchez big, and Giraudo setting with everyone else the same. Omission. Yeah, that it is. is. That's a massive omission there for Argentina. Um, and I think that's going to be good. Oh, no, wait. Canada doesn't doesn't play them. We already played them. Already Never played mind. Them. <laughs> Never mind. That sucks. That that sucks for us. Um, so, yeah, that's, I would expect Argentina to have much lesser week this week just with that without one roster change they obviously. actually do they do have a pretty good schedule though argentina plays Slovenia, france bulgaria japan right mm. and they they're probably not going to beat france in france but they could beat the rest of those teams that could be a three in one week for them that wouldn't surprise me that much um but then playing our then uh, argentina japan is going to be the most interesting one there for sure but yeah. uh and that's that's later in the week, so we should tell the people that we're going to come back and do another show on Thursday. So yes. uh, we're we're going to preview the only the first three days, then we'll come back do a show to talk about the rest of the week. Yes, absolutely, especially because we're getting some good live numbers here. A lot of people tuning in for these eleven a.m. Eastern time shows. It goes it goes well. Asia's still up. Europe's in the middle of the, of their day, uh, going into the evening, and of course here in North America, uh, it's still morning for three more minutes. Um, <laughs> Hey, speak for yourself. I'm I'm an hour behind you. Uh, let's let's move on to Brazil. Uh, Brazil is basically the same team we saw in Ottawa, with two exceptions. One is Lucas is back from his suspension for giving the finger at the World Championship, so he's back in the middle. And then some guy named Roque at opposite, who I know nothing about, will uh, replace Abuba, but otherwise the same guys. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I expect to see more of Brazil from Brazil. Uh, nothing from Bulgaria 
here. Nah. Uh, not 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 expecting anyone. Uh, and then coming into Canada, two somewhat big uh, um, uh, switches here. First and foremost, Brett Walsh coming in as the second setter. No Jay Blankenau on this roster. I'm a little surprised by that, uh, given how he was named to the B-team roster earlier this year. I thought it was kind of a done deal uh, with Jay and Derek being the A-team rosters, but we know with the whole Luke her situation that that's not the case here uh, for Team Canada. So um, Luke Her and Brett Walsh, I'm just going to be interesting to see if uh, Coach Samadvul continues to just go with her or maybe uh, goes with uh, Walsh instead, gives him a shot. And then also Sam Cooper coming in for Matthias, instead of Matthias Elser. Um, if you know Sam Cooper, you know how lethal he is from the baseline. He definitely has international pace from the baseline. Doesn't pass as well, though. Um, so it looks like he's going to be used as a, as a bit of a serving sub there. So I'm seeing, uh, but there's a question in the chat, where can you find the rosters? They they should be updated either now or very soon on the VNL, like the official VNL website. This year, like the rosters that you can find are per week. And what I'm seeing for Canada is that they have five outside hitters. So Melser is there. Oh, wait, I with, am seeing Melser. And, uh, and Jordan Schnitzer, the fourth middle blocker, is the one that didn't make that trip. So You're absolutely right. I completely missed that. It's kind of Melser, Melser's down there with the 99 at the bottom of the at the bottom. Yeah, of the a bunch of Canadian switch jersey numbers this year. I'm not sure I like that very much. It's confusing me. Yeah. So, uh, okay, no Schnitzer for this one, which I, th- yeah. I think is, is, is a little bit interesting. Just three um, middles and five outsides. Okay, I guess Schnitzer just wasn't up for snuff or up snuff, or they're giving some some time off. But uh, yeah, they also didn't use right. them all week one. They really only used three middles week one. So I guess no, yeah, Samelvo thought that he could use that fourteenth spot in a kind of different way. That does that does make sense because Schnitzer is like he's a little bit newer to the game. Like remember, he only really came on the scene this scene in his last year for Trinity, which was last season. Right. So like this is like this is really only like, he came from Briar Crest College, which is a, a seminary uh, over in the ACAC up Saskatchewan. Um, so the, there's still he's still getting used to that international game. Like last last summer with the B team was his really first first foray into all of that. So it doesn't that doesn't that's not too much of a surprise. You've got three solid guys in the middle. Um, with wait, am I seeing Shanko here at all? Yeah, so uh, the there's something weird about the VNL website and that they're cutting oh, yeah, off I can't, the player at the very top of the screen. One. Yeah, okay. but Shenko's there. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for Canada. Um, China, same as week one. Who cares? Uh, Cuba, same as week one. But the only thing I'm still not sure about is the coach. We were Ronnie. Did you lie to us? Yeah. Did they fire Coach Vives or whatever his name is? Did they do that like we expect? I I am honestly not sure. But let, let me look and see if the website says anything. I wonder if they can do it, if, if they can legally do it in the middle of VNL. I mean, uh, if Ives I, is still there. I was about to say Slovenia did it last year, but no, they didn't. They, uh, they, yeah, they did it in between VNL and yeah, world champs. So, all right, interesting. Okay, uh, moving on to a couple teams that have been kind enough to post their rosters on Instagram. One is France. We should talk about this French roster because they're playing at home. We thought that because they're playing at home, then we would see the guys, but not quite. No Irvin Ingapet, no Benjamin Toniuti, and no Nicolas Legoff. So three of their Olympic starters are not taking the chance to play VNL at home. I'm not really sure why. Uh, they do have everybody else. So they've got Brizard, they've got both opposites, they've got Cleveno, 
and Luati. They've got Grabenikov, but um, no Ingapet, no Tony Uti, no Legoff. I was surprised by those three. I mean, I think they just want some time off, probably. Once again, I think for European teams, Eurovolley more important, right? Eurovolley more important than VNL, um, and you're going to have to do that and uh, and the Olympic qualifiers right now. Nope, not France. France is already qualified. They're well, France is already qualified. Yeah, then these boys are just chilling, right? <laughs> they they, they just they, they they are just chilling, right? So I I bet you it's it's really one of those situations like who feels good good to come back? Like come on, we've made fun of Chunga a few times here that <laughs> you know, he doesn't look like he's in shape. He's a little bit older now. Give him some time off. Same thing with Leguff. These guys are all these guys are all veterans who who deserve some time off, and you need some of that that infusion of young talent in in this French system. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, yeah, uh, Rafael Corre will not be the second setter this week. He's a little banged up. They have some other guy. Don't know who he is behind Bruzard. Doesn't really matter that much. Let's move on to talk about Germany. Germany made two changes. One is um, what's his name? Yeah, Jan Zimmerman will be the, the setter instead of Lucas Kampa next to Johannes Tila, oh, and then. And then no Lucas Massa for some reason. I wonder if he's a little bit banged up because we didn't see him in Ottawa nearly as much as we expected to in the middle. Yeah, I was actually going through some clips on my phone the other day, and it just looked like he wasn't – like we were so impressed with him in the middle last year at VNL, and it just seems like he wasn't contacting and connecting with the ball as good. I wonder if there's a bit of a shoulder issue there. And once again, yeah, that's my, just my own pure conjecture of just watching clips from my phone from, from Ottawa. So um, could be oh, interesting. Wait, there are many. Yes. Of, of, of which there are many. Actually, funnily enough, I have this on my phone, but when I was looking at the 30-man roster for Germany, oh, you know what? Never mind. It may have been... No, so when you look at the 30-man roster from Germany, there is no Denis Caliberta on this 30-man roster. Well, I mean, he played week one, so he had to... I know. Him. But the like the numbers from like like he's like he's three number here. If you look at the the week one roster, he was uh, Ruben Schott is three. You can't you can't see it on my phone. That's I should have sent sent it to you. So I'm wondering if there's a conspiracy here, and if Kelly Barrett <laughs> isn't on the 30 man roster, does that mean can the win because oh he played my in the God. game? <laughs> you are that is the most pitiful thing I've ever heard. Trying to get a roster forfeit from a team that you should have just beaten anyway get out of here you're not wrong we should have just beaten them i just want to stay in, i just want to stay in being all right um what else do we have to look at here uh for moving on roster? next is iran the only difference i saw in their roster is that my son he is back at outside hitter a guy who i really like so i'm excited to see him but otherwise pretty much the same but the big one the big roster i think we got to talk about this week is italy got to talk about italy because other than, for some reason, their world championship libero, Balasso, getting the week off, I don't really know why, everybody's back. Gianelli's back. Spertoli's back. Micheletto and Lavia are back. All three middles and Zani Galassi Russo are all back. So this is, this is the A team with the exception of Balasso. And uh, you got Magalini and I think Rinaldi are, is the other outside hitter in, in that crew. So uh, good for him. But yeah, this is... This is the Italian team that basically won the world championship last year, and that is going to completely turn this VNL on its head, in my opinion, because week one, they just did not look all that good. I mean, they, they still, like, what did they finish? Two and two? They went two and two. Yeah, that's still decent, better than us. So they didn't look fantastic. They still look like Italy. Once again, they were who we thought they were. 
right throughout the entirety of that week they they were who we thought they were Not and really. they got they they got they got stomped in their two losses by the the, the yeah, judge like, by the US yeah but like i don't know that they, they they were figuring it out so um i i don't mind this i like this this italian roster i obviously think they think they're going to do better i don't think they're necessarily going to turn things on their head their heads i think we saw last year that they struggled a little, little bit uh in the vnl where they lose they got stomped by france pretty hard in the bronze medal match? in the they got they they got stomped by france in the semis and france then, in the semis and then poland in the bronze medal match they got three donged at home in both those matches and that was not yes exactly exactly so we were kind of writing them off going into world champs due to those due to due, due to those results so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they bring to uh the table in this one um moving moving forward uh from it's italy italia might be one of the best anthems, just a little bit too long, though. Um, Japan, long. looking like the same. Um, the Dutch, um, this is we don't know, but it, we, we got this from one of their, their players or coaches last year that they're going to be, or when we were in Ottawa, that Termat and Terhorst will be joining um, the Dutch roster. Those for guys home, are both, both on the roster for week two, according to the website. So I think that's confirmed. That's massive. I think obviously Terhost just adds a little bit of depth on that left left side, a little bit of experience, and Termat. Honestly, Termat and uh, and Namir might be the best one-two scoring punch on the right side in all of volleyball, right? Like either either way you go, that way you're going to have some some quality. And I think we saw down the stretch that the Dutch are actually pretty strong. Like we saw. Um, Martin Van Garderen step up. We saw Benny Twinstra step up. So adding Terhorst and Termatten into that mix really, really good for the Dutch who are coming into a home weekend. I totally agree. I think it's yeah, either Namir and Termat or maybe Bruno Lima and Kukartsev for Argentina. Those two opposite Ooh. duos are both really, really good. Um, I think those are those those two are really, really good when playing with the Checo. But mm, okay, fair as enough. a as a pure scorer, you know, Lima and like Lima's playing in France, Kukartsev's playing in Belgium. Um, both Termat and, and Namir are going toe to toe on the like the Champions League. Kukartsev almost single handedly won the CV Cup on a Belgian team to his credit, but uh... he, he did. He did have a few. He have a few. I'm not saying he's not talented, but I think there's just, there's a step away from uh, um, from from those other guys. Um, real quick, Maxim Artemov, no, that Hawaii dude is not playing for the Netherlands. He sprained his ankle in Ottawa and was yeah. sitting with us in the stands. The that, is, that is Stein von Tilburg, who we got to talk about, got to talk to in Ottawa. Yeah, he's got his foot in a boot. We uh, won't see him anytime soon, unfortunately. He is with the team, though. Um, next, we got to talk about Poland. Poland's roster is a very interesting one. Oh, let's go. Very, it's, it's, it is spicy. very Yes, it so is it's completely a mixed team. It's like there are some huge names, and then there are some huge missing names. First of all, no, uh, no Marcin Janusz for some reason. Uh, that one does confuse me a little bit. Like if, if Gerbich, if you're going to bring all your guys, you might as well also bring your starting setter. But apparently, no, not yet. So it's Wolmach and Fearless setting. It is Bartosz Kurek. He is back at opposite. And uh, Bolange, the lefty from Gdansk, will be the second opposite because Dulski is injured. So that's the only difference with, with what you're seeing on the screen here. Uh, Pavel Zatorski is back at Libero. And then, of course, we got to talk about the outside hitters. Wilfredo Leon. Wilfredo Leon in his first match for Poland in almost two years. Tomas Fornal, who we love. Artur Schalpuk, who earned his spot after being great week one. And then Bartosz Bednors. Those are the four outside hitters. <laughs> what a crew. 
Oh, and then, uh, man. In the middle, you got Kochanovsky and Huber, and then two kind of B-team guys in Adam Cech and Urbanovich. So no uh, no Biniak and no Kuos, which is a bit of a bummer. But this is kind of like the mixed team that I'm talking about. You've got four amazing outside hitters and Kurek, but neither they're not going to play with their starting setter, which I think is kind of interesting. Didn't didn't we see we definitely saw close last weekend? Did we see Biniak as well? We did. Yeah, they both we played did. week one. In the same thing, we saw Maniak. We haven't seen Slivka. Slivka was one of the guys we haven't haven't. We have seen not yet seen Slivka or Janusz yet, or or, Janusz. or Kaczmarek for that matter, or Kaczmarek. Yeah. So those three those three uh, Zaksa guys uh, still yet to be seen. And I mean, hey, when you're Poland and you can run your roster like this run it like this i think all eyes need to be on poland this week just to see what decisions are made especially on the left side right between bednors and leon and and uh and fornal and Schalpuk, who's just buried his way in there into, into the conversation as which well I love which i love you have six legitimate left sides who any other country in the in the world would consider a top three left side on their team you have six of them Share some of the wealth. Come on. <laughs> it's nuts. It's, 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 it's a little bit ridiculous, but I am definitely going to be trying to watch as much as Poland this week just to see, A, what roster they're coming to, and B, how they look. Although it really doesn't matter into the quarterfinals anyway because that's everyone knows that's when they choke. That's a great point. Uh, it is so that they, they played a scrimmage at home versus Argentina the other day with this group, and they beat them 4-0. to zero. They played a bonus yeah. set and still won. Um, I'm, I'm interested about the setters. I'm not super high on Wolmach, and I do like Firle, but he didn't have a very good week one. So uh, that, that's going to be interesting for sure. But I also, like you said, the outside hitter position, there was somebody in the Poland channel on the Discord saying that Gerbich said somewhere in an interview that in their biggest matches this week, He's probably going to play a Fornal and Bednors just to see how those guys hold up. And obviously, that means Wilfredo Leon. Um, not that he's not considered among their starters right now, but he, he, Gerbich said that he really wants to see how Fornal and Bednors do together and in big moments. And I'm very curious about that. Interesting. Interesting. I guess you kind of know what you're going to get from Wilfredo Leon, which, for better or for worse, that, that, that's what's kind of like looking there. Usually for better. He's the best yeah, player you, in the world. You, you, I mean, yes, on paper he is. Uh, Results-wise, you can't make that argument right now. Like, when's the last time he won anything major? I guess the World Club Championships, but that also always has an asterisk on it um, at the best of times. So, yeah, man, it's it's really interesting to see. I really like that dynamic between Gerbich and Fornal. We saw it kind of play out last year uh, in Ottawa, and... You know, I, I, I really like this because it's two, two athletes who are kind of similar. Um, and it, it just it just provides so many different opportunities there. Yeah, very, very fascinating week for Poland. Um, next up is Serbia. Serbia's got a couple interesting characters back, namely Marko Ivovic and Aleksandr Atanasijevic. We keep thinking this man might retire, but he just refuses to go away. So going, Serbia, Serbia bringing three opposites. Three opposites, uh, Atanasievich, Lubiric, and Vucicevic, I believe, are all in the mix. I think it's Ivovic, Kajunzic, Peric, and Katic at outsides, which are all four really good players. And but uh, there, and then good middles, no Pedrashinin yet, but I think you get uh, Kersmanovic, Masulovic, and Nedeljkovic at least. Um, but Serbia's issue will be setter and libero. Uh, brand new setter, brand new libero this year. I'm curious to see how those guys do. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see some of these big names back. 
Um, but I still think Lubrich is the guy to go go for if you're Serbia. With I agree. Doubt, he's playing both in club and for country so far. I I, I think you have to continue. Yeah, Lubrich is the man. Uh, Slovenia, second to last on the list. I think their roster is the same. Uh, still no Vincic, still no Tonchek Stern, but they've got The Rock, they've got Chabel, they've got Earnout, they've got Ropret, they've got the middles. I think it's going to be the same crew as we saw week one, and then that leaves us only with the United States. And there are three interesting moves that the USA has made this week. One is that Thomas Jeschke is back. Thank God. Thrilled about that. And he's replacing Garrett Mwangatutia. So Cody Kessel is the fourth outside hitter, which I also love. I think he earned that spot with that performance against Brazil off the bench last week. Absolutely. I, I thought Cody Kessel was fantastic. And I know both you and I have been kind of pulling for maybe Jordan Ewart to get a look uh, in that spot. But Cody Kessel looked fantastic for USA at a number of, of spots. But it does look, Rob, like they're going with Jake Haynes over Kyle Hensing. Kyle Hensing not on the roster uh, as they as they bring in uh, Tuaniga and bring back D'Agostino. Kyle Hensing not there. Jake Haynes still around. Why? Why? We know that Matt Anderson can't play four matches. Like, we, we know he's not going to play four matches this week. He's just not just not in the position in his career to handle that that level of load. And we saw how bad Jake Haynes was last time out. We gave him the start against Brazil. He was awful, terrible offensively, and blocking in on defense. He served the ball well, but that was it. I, I do not understand why Haynes is getting looks over Kyle Ensing and Kyle Russell. I just don't get it. Yeah, especially because, like, especially if you see them in person, like, Kyle Ensing isn't that undersized. He's, like, 6'6". Six, six. Like, he's a big... He's 6'7", he's he's I think, on the yeah. roster. He's... He, he he jumps well. He gets up there. He puts up a good block. He's and dynamic. he carried us to a VNL it's, final it, last it, year. Especially with Josh Tuaniga coming back, you know they have that connection, right? And as you said, you've seen him do it before. So I really don't understand it going with J.K. as opposed to, to Kyle Ensing. But, hey... Good for Jay Kane to get out there and get some reps. I guess. And then uh, we do see Tuaninga <laughs> this week as the second setter. First matches back from his elbow injury from his club season. So that means no Micah Ma'a. We also are bringing two liberos this time. So we're going to see Kyle D'Agostino and Eric Shoji um, and only two opposites, whereas we brought three week one. So those are the only differences for the USA. I am so excited that Thomas Jeschke is back. So, so excited. That's a that's a huge huge thing for you guys in this one. Uh, I definitely thought like we talked about it after Ottawa that USA lacked a little bit of depth on the the left side, especially the way like it doesn't matter how Kyle uh, Cody Kessel played, having Jayski there would just be such a huge addition to this roster. Huge. And the fact that you get, can have three guys who are just as lethal um, in uh, Jayski and and DeFalco and Russell is is really scary for other teams moving forward yep. i think the u.s has got serbia china iran and poland this week in that order i would say we play the starters against serbia we play the bench against china we should win both of those matches um iran always gives us trouble um yes and then poland we actually usually do pretty well against uh, we we lost to him in the vnl preliminary round last year but then beat him in the semifinals convincingly uh, before obviously last year's world championship is what it is. Um, so I'm curious to see what we do in that match. But uh, I think let's jump into the schedule for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because again, yes. we, will, we will be back with a show on Thursday. But this is interesting this week, Everett. Like you said, we've got matches going on at the same time because they're in the same time zone in Europe. 
but also like the distribution of matches on days is different as it, than it was week one. We've got yeah. three matches Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Each, I think I, th- I think some some I've seen some, and I I, uh, I think it happened in the women's two uh, women's tournament too, where they're trying not to have three matches on the Sunday. I think it's really tough. Like when you think about having that eleven a.m. match in Ottawa on on the Sunday, it was tough after a long week. Right, so I think maybe that's where uh, teams are going away from it. But yeah, we got a full docket of matches here on Tuesday. Um, obviously, got to be watching that Japan versus Canada one. Um, we we have some some revenge to serve against Nishida, still back from the World Cup in, in 2019. Um, looking forward to this week. I really want to see Canada show me something. Like show me a glimpse of what I saw in the ex- exhibition match against Brazil. Um, because I, I am a little bit worried about our relegation sets. I really am. Yeah. So Canada has an interesting schedule. They've got three matches in the first three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you guys have got Japan followed by Slovenia, followed by Bulgaria. And that Bulgaria match on Thursday uh, is 10 30 AM Eastern. And I think what we should do Everett, is watch that match. And then immediately start the show on Thursday, basically as soon as that's over, like before the afternoon matches. I think that would to get your live reactions in an absolute must win game right after a must win game against Bulgaria. I think that would be amazing content. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you think that would be amazing, amazing content. It would Just be amazing be, content. Be either elated. And uh, I don't work on Thursday too, so I mean, maybe you know, yeah. Either me being elated or just being absolutely crushed because if we don't, if we can't find a way to beat Bulgaria, I do yep. think we we're gonna do it. Especially like talking to, to some of the guys after Ottawa and just you know just being like, hey, like like everyone, I was like, hey, like you know, how do we feel about like relegation? And all of them were like, no, like we're not getting relegated. And they were very steadfast about that. And I also think like that's going to like Semin Fuo was also just going to be like, hey, we're not going to be relegated. But at the end of the day, we are in a tough spot. You know, we can't go to the bench and bring in, you know, guys like Thomas Jaski. This is where Lepke and Barnes would be make a massive, massive uh, help on this roster. But they're yes, obviously they would. Just, they just they're, they're just not available. And this, these are the guys that we need to go with. So. Japan and Bulgaria in these first. Oh, and Slovenia. Yep. So we, we play three games in three days here to, to kick this off. Uh, Japan, Slovenia, and Bulgaria. Those are going to be some big matches. But otherwise, what are we what are we looking at here? So yeah, Not- Tuesday, Iran versus Germany and Japan versus Canada are both at seven a.m. Eastern. The United States versus Serbia and Argentina versus Slovenia both at ten thirty a.m. Eastern. And then sort of the evening featured games. Uh, the Netherlands will get a, an easy free home win against China on Tuesday night and Brazil versus Bulgaria. Probably not going to watch either of those two games. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday, we've got Iran versus Italy and Japan versus Cuba. I think I might actually watch those. Yeah. Both of those seem kind of actually good. Um, Japan, Cuba at the world championship. That was the, the subject of my comment last year that it was the worst setting performance I've ever seen in my life from Cuba at that point. Uh, Maybe they can be better this time. If we can get the Taboada who we saw for Cuba against Brazil, yeah, that, Taboada looked much better that game. Taboada looked much, much better uh, for Cuba against Brazil. So I, I think that is uh, that's that's definitely one to watch and 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 could be a good one. Uh, next up, Slovenia versus Canada. Obviously, I'll be watching that one. I think that one is a possible like that's one that we could potentially win. 
you know, like that's in the realms of possibility. It might be a slight stretch. I mean, it might be a straight stretch, and we'd we'd need a game from probably Stephen Marr or Ryan Sclater. Like one of those guys would need to step up and and have a game. But hey, Slovenia's been all over the place. They did three by Bulgaria. It's in it's in the it's in the realm of possibility. Uh, and then of course at the same time, USA versus China. That one money. like you might as well just watch Canada versus Slovenia. And I probably will, to be honest. So like what what you got to think about with the Slovenia matchup is they have the same schedule as you guys. They also play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And what we saw week one from Slovenia is when they go away from their starting seven, when they try and play even one bench player, their level drops significantly. So, uh, but I was also very critical of Slovenia week one. I think their strategy should have been to play their starters against bad teams instead of playing their starters against good teams because they played their bench against Bulgaria and got three donged. Huge mistake. Um, So I, I think Slovenia plays Argentina, then Canada, then Cuba. How is Slovenia going to manage their roster? And might Canada get lucky with Slovenia choosing to play the bench on Wednesday? I think that might want, be an opening for you guys. Maybe. Absolutely. I want Kratu to overlook us. I want Kratu to be like, ah, pff, Canada, whatever, you know, in his Romanian accent um, and popped collar. Uh, <laughs> no coach in volleyball has a popped collar quite like uh, Kratu. But yeah, that's what I'm, I'm really hoping for. Battle um, the last two and- Zaxa coaches on that one. That'll be kind of fun. Oh, true. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, they're just they're just picking them up like Pokemon cards at this point. It doesn't really matter because they win the Champions League, uh, Champions League, three different coaches for for Zaxa, which is which is pretty nuts. Um, but I know, especially in talking to Samuel Vuo in that after that last match against Germany, he kind of you know he's he kind of even said himself like maybe I should have rested the guys last night against the USA um in preparation for for that germany match so i definitely think that we might see a resting of some guys against japan to go hard against slovenia and bulgaria that's yeah you, that's you must what must, i would must, that's must what i would beat bulgaria yeah and yeah, I, I agree must you know? beat bulgaria must 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 beat bulgaria and yeah you, so you're gonna have to pick either japan or slovenia to play the bench you're gonna have to pick one and i'm not, I'm not sure which one he's gonna pick but uh, Bulgaria is an absolute must win. So we'll talk about Wednesday or th- Thursday in a second. But uh, Germany versus Poland and Argentina versus France on Wednesday night. I think could Argentina right. versus France in Orléans. I think that could be pretty fun. Probably yeah, a good uh, crowd. It, it will. It will be a good crowd. I'm interested to see. Overall, I'm just interested interested to see how much of a step back Argentina takes without Tichecko. I agree. That's going to be very That's- fascinating. That's that's just going to be the story for me because I think Argentina is a mid-tier team without Decheco. With Decheco, they're they're lethal, right? I think they have the ability to potentially on the on a given day they have the ability to beat any anyone. Yeah, um, without but, him, yeah, you're gonna you might see Sanchez, and he's obviously a great setter, but a huge blocking liability. Or you see Hirado, who's the taller guy who I like, but is nowhere near nowhere even close to the setter that Decheco is. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Then uh, Thursday, China versus Italy. Don't bother. Japan versus Brazil. That match will be good. So if you're awake at 7 a.m. Eastern, that is clearly the one to watch on Thursday morning. I might just set my alarm for like 7 a.m. this entire week and just wake up and watch, and watch volleyball. It's not that it's not that much earlier from, from when I wake up anyways. So. It's uh, 6 a.m. my time. That's pretty tough. So uh, I don't know if I can commit to that. But Japan versus Brazil will be good. Then Canada versus Bulgaria. We already said it's a must win for the Maples. Serbia versus Germany. Uh, I like that matchup because I call the game of theirs last year in Ottawa that was a five-set banger. So maybe that'll happen again. 
But then what we'll do is on Thursday, after those middle two games, after Canada, Bulgaria, and Serbia, Germany, we will do our next show. That will be before the Netherlands versus Poland and Slovenia versus Cuba on Thursday evening. So we will do sort of a, a mid-round show on Thursday after those second two games. Yep, absolutely. I think I think that's going to be good. Both of those games, I think, are going to be all just all right. I think Slovenia Cuba has the potential to be have fireworks just because the Rock can be just as offensively minded as any of those Cubans. Yeah, I think that could be fun. But uh, the Netherlands at home versus um, Poland Ooh. is just really interesting. That that yeah. could be kind of good. I think but... I think that could be could be kind of good too because a lot of those Dutch players. I think they can, they can get up uh, up for it. Um, sure. Also, reality check in the chat coming in saying um, huge step back friendly versus Poland last week talking about Argentina. And they looked really bad. They did look pretty bad. Uh, I, I watched portions of that that scrimmage, and yeah, Argentina didn't look nearly as good. But it's a scrimmage; it's not a VNL match. I'm um, yeah, exactly. take that with a grain of salt. I mean, we beat Brazil, and then <laughs> Germany. Oh, uh, yeah, lovely. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we will be back on Thursday after the Canada versus Bulgaria and Serbia Germany games for our next episode of the Nine by Nine. That will be very fun because you're going to get a, a very emotional Everett one direction or the other. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll also be like, because I work the night before, so I'll be, I'll, I will have had not no sleep, but I'll definitely have lesser sleep. And uh, yeah, it, it depending on how we do, could really it could really affect my mood more. Uh, yeah, that will be very fun. So uh, Kevin, I question, do, yeah, do I think you... U.S. will sweep Serbia? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, I, I think that we will play our starting roster. I think that we will sweep Serbia. Then I think we will play the bench against China, and we will still sweep them. So I do think that we will go 6-0 in sets to start the week. But then Iran and Poland after that, uh, we lost to them both at VNL last year. That, that could really go either way. But I do think that the U.S. will start this, the week 6-0 in sets. Honestly, I think with the VNL, we've seen it, like especially with Serbia on the women's side last year, that if you just make it to the playoffs... Anything, anything can goes, happen. Absolutely. Right? Just make it to the playoffs and anything goes at, at, at that point. It's like the NHL out here, you know? Anyone can beat anyone. Well, I guess the NBA is a little bit more unpredictable now with the, the Heat making that run. Uh, yeah, the VNL's fun. Uh, I mean, we have lots of thoughts about VNL and its, you know, overall global significance and the way it impacts the world rankings and all that. But it, they are fun matches and the playoff race is fun. So we will be back on Thursday to talk about the matches uh, for the next couple of days. Um, join the Volleyball Source Discord. The link is in the description for that. It is the best online volleyball chat community in the world by far. Uh, make sure you give this video a thumbs up if you haven't already. And uh, anything else, Everett, or can we get the people out of here? No, get the people out of here. Definitely join the Discord. It's been popping off of late. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I, I can't even follow it as much just because of how much is, is going. But uh, definitely join the Discord. As Rob said, it's the best online volleyball community in the world. doesn't matter where you're from. You can find someone to talk to about volleyball. Totally. It's great. So uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we like taking this little, this Monday, the one day off we have per week of VNL games and uh, using it to catch up on what's going on. I kind of like it. It looks like the people do too. Good, good numbers for this show. Yeah, very good numbers for this show. So uh, I, I'm excited for this week of men's VNL. We will be back on Thursday. Enjoy the games. We'll see you in the Discord and we'll see you Thursday afternoon. Peace.